Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. I think that really what it comes down to is realizing that even if your intent is good and and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I would never mean for that to be offensive or never mean for that to be racist. Um, You know, there's still an element of that's okay. Like that's, that's why this is kind of so insidious because it isn't always intentional. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast. I never know how to do that. It's just different every single time. I think it's because I don't have Lisa here, like keeping me in check. Um, Because, like, look, I'm even rambling right now. (laughs) Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, My name is Olivia, and um, I am an entrepreneur, a content creator, and a brand builder. Um, And my most recent business is Velvet and Fur, which is a polymer clay earring business. Um, I am excited to talk to you guys. I am, of course, sitting in my quarantine office, uh, my QO, uh, aka my floor. And I'm really excited to bring you this episode today. I I have a really amazing guest, Ayana. Um, I have been following Ayana for a really long time now, and I was so thrilled she decided to be on the show. Um, but before we get into a little bit more about what the show is going to be about today, um, let's jump into the silver lining of the week. So my silver lining is plain and simple. Yesterday, it was 60 degrees. I firmly believe that every single summer day should be a nice, warm 65 degrees. Um, I don't know why it was 65 degrees because now it is in the 90s and 100s and we are full swing summer. And for everybody listening, you know how I get in the summer every day. It's an endless battle of do I leave my air-conditioned house or do I not? The answer is usually... I do not. Um, I do not like to go outside. I do not like to wear my hair down in the summer. I don't like to do anything in the summer because it's disgusting. And for those who love the summer, please, please enlighten me. I know it's almost everybody. I know that I'm the minority. I get told I'm the minority with most things, like the fact that I don't like any condiments. Yeah, no condiments, no summer. I mean, it's a perfect world. But again, I don't want to trigger people. I know you guys all live for your your mustard, Lisa, and uh, hot weather. But yesterday, it was like 65 degrees, but it was sunny. It was like the perfect weather. Uh, Maybe it got up to like 70. Arturo and I went out to the lake, not to relax, unfortunately, but we went out to go do photos and it was just great and I wasn't sweating and uh, I just wish it could always be like that. Um, I'm pretty sure my weather or my silver lining last week was weather as well. So just get ready for that being every week of the summer. I am counting down the days until I see those leaves start to change their colors. Um, Anyway... I want to jump right into the show um, because you don't want to hear me ramble anymore. So like I said earlier, I have Ayana Lage on the um, podcast to talk to us about um, a lot of deep things. Like today we have some tough conversations. And to be honest, I was really nervous. And when I listened back to this, I stuttered so much and I just stumbled over myself. And um, that is because I'm, you know, you guys see the title of the show. So we're talking about racism and we're talking about... um, 
on intentional racist bias. We're talking about how to um, talk to family and friends about everything going on in the world. Um, and Ayana just has such great insight when it comes to this. I was really drawn to her page because um, not only have I followed her for a long time, but she has really opened up about her experiences, but also has educated um and in the last few weeks and she actually went viral because one of her videos went went viral and she went from like 14,000 followers I think we say it in the show like 15,000 followers to 50,000 followers which is well deserved and um one thing that has really stuck out to me is her like love and her non-judgment when it comes to this and I feel like she's just gently pushing people in the right direction um and I know I learned a lot even from talking to her just on this episode alone and things that I want to change in my life um and I hope that she does the same for you guys so let's just get to the show because I can't wait for you guys to hear so Ayana let's shake it up shall we so I feel like I've always, well, maybe not always, but um, in the past couple of years, I I kind of started my blog, social media presence, whatever you want to call it. Um, When I first launched, I was really focused on fashion content. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. I personally still love following fashion bloggers. But for me, it just felt very surface level. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I I kind of just felt a lot of pressure to like buy new clothes and then, you know, immediately link them so my followers could shop. And, and it just felt like, I I don't want to say that I wanted to focus on more important things because I don't think there's anything wrong with having lighthearted content. And that's still a huge part of what I do, but I just kind of felt like, okay, I I want to go a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, for the last couple of years, I've been super open about mental health and, um, you know, I had a miscarriage last year and I've written about that extensively. So, I mean, I think that I, it kind of just translates um, from my like in real life personality. I'm super open with people, um, not really afraid to talk about awkward things, Um So that I think is probably why I felt comfortable opening up a little bit once this social movement like really started gaining steam and people were really paying attention to black voices, you know, and searching for answers about what to do and how to really support this movement. Yeah, totally. And, and I mean, I don't think it's wrong for you to say like you wanted to focus on more important things. Cause I, I talk about that a lot on the podcast too, is I shifted a lot from like fashion and affiliate blogging to something different, not because it's wrong, because it's so cool. Like you said, I love following fashion bloggers, but if you have something that you're so passionate about and you're like stifling that down, it like seems like wrong to waste that platform, you know? Um, and it's really cool because I do remember when you were opening up about your miscarriage and I, I, it, I don't think impressed is the right word, but I was really like moved by the fact that you did that because I know it has helped so many women because so many women go through this and right. 
it was just really cool to see you talk about it. And even now, um, you know, you're having a baby and congrats. I'm so Thank happy. Thank you. you guys. Um, but it's, it's cool to see that you're still even opening up about the hardship of what happened with your miscarriage and how um, you're still excited about this one, but it's sometimes mixed feelings, you know? And I think that talking about all of that stuff is a catalyst into now what you're talking about, like you said, with the social movement. So it's almost like it's all played like a bigger role up to this point in your life, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and that that has been the cool thing, I think. I don't know, about kind of sharing in real time is that I feel like my audience um, has been on this journey with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like the example that you use of like getting pregnant really quickly um, and being so excited and then losing the baby and kind of processing a lot of that publicly and then getting pregnant again a few months later and preparing for, you know, preparing for motherhood while also it being a bittersweet time just because it brings back so many memories of, you know, what we went through with our first baby. So yeah, I mean, it's, thank you so much, um, by the way, for, for the kind words, but, um, I think it's, I think it's just been like a really interesting time, but I, I definitely think that the fact that I have been so open, just like for the past however long has made it feel a lot more natural for me to just like share my thoughts on what's happening right now. Yeah, no, definitely. I I agree with you. And I think um, it is really cool right now to see a lot of people um, opening up, like, like you said, not just about what's going on, which what's going on right now is so absolutely important. Um, but it has been cool. And I think in the last like few years to see um, a lot of like bloggers or fashion people, whatever, start to really show their their day-to-day lives and really show what it's like for people because it's not painting this like perfect picture because right. for you, you could have just never talked about it, which would also, I just want a side note, that's still totally fine. I think every single woman handles these situations completely different. Um, but you know, you could have just kept going and people wouldn't have known the stuff that you were going through. And I'm sure you've had messages and I'm sure you've had women reach out to you, um, that were, that felt like they weren't alone. And I think that's, I think that's what social media is supposed to be about. But of course, in our kind of crazy world, we've made it more about looking perfect, which is interesting. (laughs) Um, so you said that you, when you originally started, you started with fashion and now you've translated into talking more about like your personal life and you still kind of post a little bit about fashion stuff, right? Right. I kind of shifted to lifestyle, which for me, I view as like anything happening in my life, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it, it has given me the kind of the range to share what I'm wearing, if, you know, or to share a picture of home decor or mm-hmm. me and my dog. Um, but yeah, no. So it's been, it's been really cool to be able to like not feel constrained. Obviously a couple weeks ago, I, I really want to talk to you um, about this idea of going viral. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, I have so many thoughts. I want to hear all of them because I think as influencers or content creators or whatever, we all have this like elusive idea of, of what it's like to go viral. Cause you know, we hear podcasts of like these girls who go viral and it's like this crazy thing. Right. And so when it happens to you, what do you, what are you doing? Like, what are your thoughts during this whole process? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just like so unexpected, uh, which I guess it kind of always is, but it wasn't like I set out to create content that was going to be 
shared widely. Um, it was actually funny because the video that first went viral and now has like 900,000 something views, literally someone asked me, um, they, I shared it on Instagram stories and they, they just basically said, Hey, like, I'm like, not like a tech person. How do I send this to a friend? Um, or do I just have to tell them like, Hey, go watch this girl's nine videos before they expire in 24 hours. And I was kind of like, okay, like that's a good, a good question. Um, so, I mean, I just downloaded the story, like pieced it uh, together. I mean, if you've seen the video and it was the video about like, is it virtue signaling to, to share about Black Lives Matter? Um, it is very clearly like the sound. When I downloaded it, something went wrong in the sound and um, the audio and video like aren't synced. I'd like just woke it up. So it was kind of <laughs> like, you know how we all hop on Instagram stories and you might talk to the camera or, or might be a picture of you and like you're not thinking that this will be seen by almost a million people. <laughs> um, had I known, I probably would have like, you know, I don't know, like been a little <laughs> bit more polished or whatever. But I mean, I think it was good for me because I'm such a perfectionist that I think that sharing that, um, because mo most of my content um, you know, is like posed pictures where I'm like super made up, um, taken with a professional camera and edited with professional software. So it was just kind of funny that like the most eyes I've ever had on my content have been when I like had rolled out of bed, it was just talking to my iPhone camera. Um, and so I think that that kind of has shown me like maybe my focus has been on the wrong thing this whole time because I try so hard to present like a very curated, very like polished, put together version of me, but that isn't, <laughs> that isn't what spread like wildfire. So, um, all of that to say that, yeah, I put the video up and it, people started sharing it and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I, I think I gained a couple hundred Instagram followers, which was not like a regular thing for me to gain a 200 followers in a day. So I, I was, I was happy that, you know, it seemed to be spreading. And then the next day when I woke up, I was like, okay, this is, this is unexpected. Um, because people were telling me like, Hey, I'm seeing your video shared by people who don't know you. Um, and so then from there, I mean, I started to make, I think I kind of just was like, wow, people are really listening. This is something I'm passionate about. So I started to create more videos that week. Um, and the same thing happened. So, I mean, it was, and has been really cool. Um, it's been, I don't know, it's been strange, but kind of empowering to feel like so many people are listening and interested in what I have to say. Um, because I mean, I've been writing and talking about race for I'm not a full-time activist or anything, but just like my personal experiences, I've been writing and talking about race for years and I'm not used to getting more than like a couple of comments from people saying like, thanks for that. Um, so then to go from that to then having a million people watch and share something was just like so unexpected. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. I've had a couple of people ask me like, is there like some sort of secret? And I'm like, well, if I, <laughs> if I'd had some secret formula, trust me that I would have used it uh, a long time, a long time ago. ago. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, it's been good. I mean, I do feel like there has been a little bit of internal conflict for me just because this is 
there's so much that's being like revealed in our country and obviously like the murder of George Floyd, which really was kind of the catalyst for all of this was horrific. Um, so, I mean, I, I do feel kind of strange, like, okay, like this is awesome that people are listening and that I'm able to share, but then I remember why people are listening and it just feels a little bit weird. Um, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of take it in stride and, you know, remember that I'm not like pandering or like, you know, trying to go viral again. I'm just creating the content that I would be anyway. Um, so hopefully that, that makes <laughs> sense. It's, as you can tell, I have a lot of complicated feelings about it. Totally. I mean, I think it'd be weird if you didn't. I mean, all of this stuff is, it is really complicated and it's so multifaceted. And I mean, I do think it's cool to kind of go back to what you were saying at the beginning about how you had kind of just like rolled out of bed and you were talking. And right. I mean, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, like people don't care. They're not, they don't right. care about how you look. They care about what you're saying. And truly as I mean, as people, but as women too, we want to be known for, I mean, hopefully <laughs> our brains and like what we're saying. And so I think it's cool that like, like you said, you, you never would have expected it to come that way. And I feel like that is usually how it happens. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I also, yeah. And I also remember when you were, you had post something the next day and you said you had like called your mom or something and told her you were going viral or whatever. And it was like, what do I do now? And that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, did you start to overthink? Like, I mean, I guess you kind of said you had conflicting feelings about posting more videos because you didn't want people to think you were trying to get viral again. Right. But did you have yeah. like, conflicting thoughts of like, oh my gosh, I have to be perfect now? Yeah. Oh no, for sure. I mean, I think that I kind of just felt like all of a sudden, so like both good and bad, um, that all of these eyes were on me. And so it's kind of overwhelming. I mean, I had like a decent following beforehand, but it wasn't like thousands of people, like hundreds of thousands of people watching videos or, you know, getting hundreds you went of DMs from, a day. You went from like 15,000 or did you have more than that to like 50? So I actually went from 13,000 followers to now I have 52,000. So literally quadrupled over the course of three weeks. <laughs> That's wild. Um, so yeah, I mean, going back to what you mentioned about my post, it, it did kind of feel like, oh my God, what, like, what do I, what do I say? What do I do? You know, and then I had all of these influencers who I, who I've admired for years and loved for years who were then saying, oh my gosh, I love your platform. I love your page. Keep sharing. And I think I just, again, probably am just like, as a result of being a somewhat anxious person, I, I just felt a little bit paralyzed by fear. Like, I, you know, like I, it was just kind of like, what, how do I, how do I do this? What happens if I just want to share something silly or something fun? Or like, as you said, even about fashion, like here's a cute dress. Are people then going to kind of just be annoyed? Like, this isn't why I followed you. Um, but you know, the funny thing is I've had all this angst about it, but people have been really, really open and really honest and really gracious. And I'm kind of like, it's actually like losing followers isn't really something that even really matters in the grand scheme of things, you know? So, I mean, yeah. I, um, I've been open, you know, both in DMs and just with people in general, like 
there are people who are full-time racial justice activists. Like this is what they've devoted their lives to, to fighting for this cause. And I admire that. And I think that that is like so needed, but also that's not me. And that's never going to be me. Like I have a full-time job that I enjoy. (laughs) I'm not trying to become someone who is only focused on anti-racist work. Um, And people have been really awesome. They've been really receptive. And I've since then shared about other things and people have been wonderful. So I think that it probably was a little bit of an unfounded fear, but um, it just was so unexpected and happened so quickly that I definitely had a lot of conflicting emotions. Yeah, no, totally. And I, and I think too, um, I think that's kind of like the beauty in it, especially like what drew me to you. Cause I followed you for a really long time. And I remember when I had, I think I saw, I think like Quigley shared your video and I was like, Hey, I know who that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> so then I like went to your page and I saw that you were like blowing up. And, um, I will say it's it, like you said, you know, people that are full-time activists, I mean, that's, a, that's amazing that they've dedicated their life to it. Um, I know personally, like I resonated with you a lot when you were, uh, talking because it felt like so real like not only just like the way you look like we were saying like you were just chill and talking um but how how you were talking and how you were presenting yourself um really educated me especially for somebody who um obviously is white and (laughs) I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to not say anything wrong. And it's kind of encouraging to know that you're kind of in the same boat. Like you're trying to navigate this too. Right. And it's like, it is really hard when you like start to overthink things and you don't want to like offend or hurt anybody, but the odds of you offending at least somebody is pretty high. <laughs> and so it is, it is kind of hard to know how to navigate it. But I think you've done a really, really good job because I felt from all of your videos, just a lot of, um, like you've expressed yourself with like a lot of love instead of judgment. And I think that really, really helps people learn. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and that's been my thing. Like I, I've just tried to as corny as it sounds. And like the post you mentioned, I called my mom like, Oh God, what do I do? And she said, well, all that you can do is be yourself. You can't create this persona um, in the hopes that, you know, that people will then approve of you. So I think that that was really helpful. So, I mean, I have just kind of approached it like, okay, like I'm going to do what I would have done if, if no one, I don't want to say if no one was watching, but you know what I mean? If I was going to share this with anyone, it doesn't have to be like all of this pressure. No one is putting pressure on me, but me. So I try to remember that as well. Right. No, totally. Um, so, so I would like to dive in a little bit more into, um, what, what we were just kind of dipping our toes and talking about race and, uh, what's going on in the world. And I will say, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like nervous because, you know, I, I want to apologize in advance to, to you or anyone listening. If I don't use like the proper verbiage or anything like that, I, you know, like so many of us right now, I think we're just like trying to do, our best and I want to learn. So I want you to, I want to learn more from you. Um, but I would love to, to talk about, because one big thing for, for me that I've, I've learned during all of this is like this idea of intention, um, bad intention and good intention. And, um, obviously there's people with very, very bad intention in this world. I mean, that's what we've seen through like everything going on. Um, but for me, like just reflecting on 
my personal like journey and life um, with diversity and everything, I thought about this fact of like, I've never had bad intention with not having um, more diversity on my podcast or in my other businesses, but I still haven't had it. And so I, I would love to hear your thoughts on um, maybe not just like ways that we can do better. Cause I, I don't think that's necessarily like, it's not your job to teach me about that, right. <laughs> about that, but in the sense of how people can actually kind of have, um, racial, racial bias without, um, bad intentions, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, it totally does. Um, you know, and I think that that is a question that I've gotten a lot over the past few weeks. Like I am not like people, they, I think that when people picture racism, um, I'll put it this way. I think when people picture racism, they picture the KKK or they picture slavery or they picture white and colored water fountains. Um, and I think it's so important for everyone to realize that there are little, like more subtle ways um, that this system still exists. Um, and, you know, even like kind of like you mentioned diversity um, with podcast guests. Like that's, you're definitely not alone in that. I mean, there've been so many brands that have basically said, Hey, like we just realized that we have zero diversity. Um, and you know, for me, I think that from a business side, I always say, well, what do the people making decisions look like? Like if you're a brand, like who is on your marketing team? If it's all white people, then it's not going to be surprising to me if all of your models and all of your influencers are white, because I think that people are usually drawn to people who look like them, who they feel a connection with. Um, you know, I think that's a very normal thing. I think that really what it comes down to is realizing that even if your intent is good and, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I would never mean for that to be offensive or never mean for that to be racist. Um, you know, there's still an element of that's okay. Like that's, that's why this is kind of so insidious because it isn't always intentional. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a matter of just looking at different areas of your life. Um, even down to, you know, who you hang out with. And I'm not saying like, go find a black friend <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not like a thing that, that I want to tell people. But, <laughs> but if you are like surrounding yourself with people who think like you and who look like you and, you know, who believe the same religion that you do or whatever it is, then you might end up in a bubble where you don't even realize that you have a need to diversify. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one of the simplest things that people can do and something that I know has opened a lot of eyes for the people who have followed me is engaging online with black creators and black businesses. Um, because that way, you know, even if you are living in a super non-diverse area or, you know, you're, you're still navigating this, I think even seeing people who, who don't, who aren't white, in your Instagram feed and listening to podcasts produced by people who aren't white, like the media that you consume, uh, you know, can have a huge impact on the way that you view the world. Um, so, I mean, I think that that is, that can be a huge thing. And then I think in general, like what I've, what I've told everyone is as far as like, how do we do this long-term? I, I, I feel like a couple of things. So the first is don't be afraid of messing up or being called out. If someone calls you out or says like, hey, like I'd prefer if you didn't say that, they don't think you're a horrible, horrible person. 
They aren't trying to cancel you. They don't think that you're an awful racist. It's just an educating moment. And I've had those moments, um, even in my own life, um, you know, that like even dealing with like my LGBT, LGBT, oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't, I could like, can't speak, but LGBTQ friends, um, you know, like I've been the person who said dumb things and, and been called out and then said, okay, now I know better. So I'll do better. So I think that that is one thing that, that people cannot just be terrified of being called out. Um, which I've seen a lot in my inbox (laughs) in the past few weeks, like people getting really offended. Um, even if I haven't said something directly about them, you know, but if I, if like, for example, I shared, um, a video on microaggressions, like, Hey, like these are things that as a black woman are uncomfortable for me to hear. And I got so many messages from people who took it so personally and were like, I never meant anything like nasty when I said that to a black person, how dare you misinterpret this? And it's just like, okay. So the first thing is calm down, realize that even, even if you are called out specifically, it's, it's, it's a learning opportunity. Um, and then I think the other thing is just to remember that it's a process. Like you don't have to get it all, you don't have to have all the answers today. This isn't a problem that is going to be fixed overnight. It's been an issue in the United States for over 400 years. So my thing is, this isn't like a sprint where we have to just do all the work right now. Um, it's an opportunity to, for everyone to like, you know, do some long overdue thinking about how, what are ways that I can personally help dismantle this this systemic racism in in this country. Um, so yeah, I feel like that was like a really roundabout answer, but I think that in general, as people are are navigating this, I've seen a lot of fear from people. Like, I am so afraid of saying the wrong thing or using the wrong tone. Um, but my thing is honestly, like no one's perfect. Even if you Google something and you read an article that says, okay, you know, use this word, um, you might run into a black person who has a different opinion and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like that, that's just how the world works. Like regardless of what you do or say, everyone is never going to be in agreement. Um, so I think it's, it's just a matter of, of just having kind of an open heart and open mind and being okay with the fact that you might get it wrong. Yeah. No, that's really good insight. And it's, I think it's really good. Um, and it's helpful for like when you said that um, it's okay if you get like called out because I think right. it's really easy to get defensive um, because I know, you know, I grew up, I I live in a small town in Oregon and I, you know, I knew one black family in my church and I was homeschooled. So I knew right. no black people. And then I, I didn't hang out with really anybody who was Hispanic. And then I ended up dating a Hispanic. And that was such an interesting experience because, uh, not was, is, um, because our, (laughs) our conversations about race have always been the most, um, they have been like intense, but they're good for me to realize like, oh, I had pre preconceived stereotypes. That's Mm -hmm. not good. Or like, oh, I have said that and that's not good. And I didn't even realize, um, until, um, you know, everything happened. And there were still things that I was saying that I was like, Oh, like those are not good things to say, but it's like you said, it's about humbling yourself and being like, okay, well, I'm not going to say it again next time now because I learned from that experience, you know? Yeah, no, I think that that's such good insight. And I think that that's what, um, 
that's what people have to realize. I mean, even as a black person in America, there's so much bias that I have in turn, like I will read things about being anti-racist and realize that I have some internalized anti-blackness just because it's so pervasive. Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a side effect of growing up in, uh, in this country. I think it's almost like unavoidable um, to make it to adulthood and not have some preconceived notions, whether you intend to or not, or, you know, um, whether you even realize it. But no, I, I definitely agree. Like having those conversations is really, is really what makes a difference. I think it's, it's really good to even like hear your stories of, of what you were saying, you know, uh, what was it? Oh, when you went to like the dentist and like somebody said something to you about, um, food stamps and those little things that like, I am never going to experience that. And you don't know that this is happening to people right in front of you. And it's, it's, it's horrible, (laughs) but it's, it's so good to like hear those things and to know that they're happening. Um, but I will say it, this is my next question for you. Uh, is it hard for me? It's been hard sometimes because I think some, some creators and not all of them, and maybe it's not even their intent, but it kind of seems like some people are making this about them when, when they are white and they're not the ones going through this. So how can we post about this without making it a pity show about us as well? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that social media can just be so exhausting with all of these conversations, but I mean, I totally understand what you mean. Um, where it's just been difficult because I understand people's desire and natural inclination to center themselves when sharing um, a story or sharing an opinion. Like, obviously, you're going to view it through your own experiences. But I think that what really has made, at least for me, what I've seen make a difference hasn't been people just saying, like, I, you know, I, and I'm just coming up with an example. This isn't even something I've seen, but like, I used to be racist and now I'm not. Um, or, you know, like, here's my journey and all the things that I've done. Like, I I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that what I have seen that has been really valuable is people resharing, um, like educational resources and really to use the hashtag amplifying black voices rather than it just being like, me, 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 hear my thoughts about racism. Like I even, I'm, I'm a freelance writer and I'm in a group for freelance journalists and, um, you know, a white woman kind of shared like, hey, I really want to pitch an article about like what I've learned because of George Floyd. And she kind of got <laughs> very gently shouted down by the group because, you know, other people were like, is this really the time for you as a white woman to write a personal essay about what you've learned about racism in the past two weeks. Like, would it not be more valuable for you to interview black people about this moment or to, you know, help a black writer write that story about her life experience? So I think it all comes down to resisting the urge to center yourself and to make it all about you and what you've learned. Um, You know, not not that that's bad to share. But I think that just being very aware of the fact that Black people in America, this isn't a new issue to them. Um, We've dealt with it our entire lives. Um, And 
just kind of pushing, using your platform to reshare um, and make Black voices louder instead of it being like just about you and your personal journey. I hope that that makes sense. I I don't, I feel like very much like I don't like being told what to do. Um, (laughs) So I am very like, I try not to tell people like, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. Um, because there are ways even for people to share their own experience with learning about racism that are super moving and super necessary. Um, but I mean, kind of going back to what you mentioned with people like making it all about them and almost kind of losing sight of, of the plot. (laughs) Um, I definitely think that it just requires shifting the way that you approach it. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even just sitting here, I'm thinking about ways I could have done better even in the last couple of weeks. And so I think it is really good. Like what you're saying is really good because yeah, I, I think there's a time and a place like, you know, just thinking back to it because like you said, like people can open up and talk about what they've learned, but maybe social media isn't the place for that. But I do know kind of going into my next question for you, having, you know, these conversations with friends, which I'm sure that's been the center of conversation for so many people, because you want to reach out in love, like I believe you have on social media, but you also want to stand up for what you think is right. (laughs) But you also don't want to start yelling because it's kind of, you get angry. Um, But I remember like, you know, it being the time and the place is like, that was the time for Arturo to talk about his personal experience right. with racism. And that was the time for me to say, um, I was in the car when the police officer did this. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but you're wrong. Like this right. happened. Um, but what, what advice would you give to people who, um, have family members that do not agree like with what they're talking about and how to have really healthy and open conversations or when to just step away? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, I kind of feel like I can agree to disagree on a lot of things with people. Now, again, this is my perspective as a black woman, but then I'll also say like talking about any human rights issue with my loved ones. um, I can agree to disagree on a lot of things, but when it becomes an issue of like, does this group of people deserve human rights? (laughs) Like has this group of people that clearly has experience and like, like basically like I will not debate with you about whether black people or LGBTQ people, um, you know, or really, I mean, there's so many groups in America that have, that have experienced discrimination, but like, my thing is, I used to try to convince people and try to send articles to people. And I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, if you've made it to 2020 and you still are not convinced that this is a problem, and you think that everyone's equal and that we should all just shut up and sing Kumbaya and love each other rather than talking about this, like, I'm probably not going to be able to get through you. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me personally, it's like, okay, like now I know to keep you at a distance because I don't want to associate with people who don't believe that everyone is deserving of equality. Um, So that's kind of my thing. Like I think that it's really important to have hard conversations, but um, like I was in a Facebook group, a parenting Facebook group, and um, a woman was basically saying like, oh, like, well, my, my older Southern relatives refuse to, um, refuse to stop using the N-word around my daughter. And my thing is, okay, like if you're at the point where your relatives are openly using racial slurs around your children, um, 
Don't yeah, go. like it's probably time to like stop going over to grandma's house. Holy but you know, I know ah. yeah, no, I mean, I think it's not, it's obviously most examples are not that extreme. But my, my thing is, if you're dealing with someone who is stubborn, who is set in their ways and who has no interest in learning, um, it's almost like you reach a point where it's almost better to save yourself the breath. But I think that a lot of people are slowly waking up and are open to having their views challenged, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, it's just a matter of having that conversation in the first place, sharing articles with them, sharing, hey, like, did you know that this was still happening? Or had you heard about this news story? Like, what do you think about this? Just to kind of expand their worldview. I think that that's super important. Yeah, totally. And and I think going off of that too, it's um, just trying at least one time because I know that there were people um, in my immediate family that I was like, I already know what they're going to say. And then right. I had a conversation with them and they were like totally on the same page as me. And I was like, right. oh, wow. You know, so I think like you said, there are like things are slowly changing, which is really, we still have a long way to go, but I think small things are changing right. little by little and having those conversations are really important. Cause I remember last week I reached a point where I was like, I can't talk about this anymore. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk about it more then <laughs> because right. I, I, who am I to say that I'm exhausted with talking about this and right. that's the problem. So I think it's really being open to this idea that like, you know, I, I can rest from talking about this, but other people can't. Um, right. For so sure. anyway, yeah, I, I think, I think definitely like everything that you're doing and, and I will say when I was looking at your Instagram that I thought was really encouraging is that you're covering, um, so many different topics, like how to talk to your kids about race and, you know, uh, uh, what was, oh, racism in the Christian church and talking about those things, um, are so important because there is, there, there are just so many facets to this conversation that all go hand in hand. Um, so I think you're doing a really great job. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Olivia. No, I mean, yeah. I have, it's been, it's honestly been exciting because these are all things that I've talked about among my friends and my family for so long, um, that it's just been really cool to see that translate to a larger audience and to see people, you know, for the most part, be really receptive. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and so, what would your advice be for uh, people, I guess, even like me, which is kind of a selfish question, <laughs> is like no, for, it's not at all. <laughs> for creators or for um, uh, businesses with like a physical product that they want to have more diversity, um, you know, on their show or whatever, but they, they feel like they don't, they don't want, like for me personally, the last thing I wanted when I reached out to you was for you to think I was reaching out to you just because I want a diversity on my show. (laughs) And so my whole thing was like, okay, I want to go about this in a way where I would just love to have you on the show to educate my audience. I think that's amazing. And I would love, you know, to work with other, other creators in this way, but what would you say is the best way to go about this? Cause I know brands right now are reaching out to black creators and they're like not even offering to pay them and they're doing stuff like that. That's just like, oh my gosh, it's even worse. So um, yeah, what's your advice for, for navigating those things? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that um, as an influencer or as a brand, I think that it's just a matter of being really aware of the moment that we're in. Um, you know, it is kind of like um, 
and you know, I saw a tweet that basically said like black creators are going from overlooked to overbooked, um, which is a great thing. Um, but I also think that it then becomes, even for me with some of the increase that I've gotten, not this one, to be clear, I like <laughs> love, I love talking on podcasts and it's like, I, I've done so many of them, but I, I truly enjoy it. But just from like random companies, like, Hey, like, can we feature you on our Instagram? Do you want a free product from us? And I'm thinking like, clearly this is just like kind of a frantic, like, Oh God, like we need to find a black person (laughs) because, you know, so, I mean, I think that you just have to do it in a really, in a way that feels natural in a way that feels authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, like on one hand, I was talking to a, a few friends about how I follow brands that went from posting basically like all white people to only posting black people. Um, and on one hand, for me, it's like really cool to see like so many black influencers and black creatives and black entrepreneurs being featured. But then it also is, there is a part of me that feels like will this be over in a week? You know, like, is it like, okay, we posted seven black people. Now we're back to only posting white, white influencers or, you know, white models or whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, I think that in general, what I'm hoping for and all that I ask of people is to make sure that it is an authentic, like, not just like a frenzied, like, oh my gosh, I have to fix this right now, but an authentic desire just to kind of fix the blind spots um, that we all have, you know, whether it's race or sexuality or um, gender or religion, like we all have these inherent biases that cause us um, to unintentionally overlook people. Um, So, so to answer your question, I mean, I think that and you mentioned like brands not paying, like, yes, like I feel like it is not the right time for multi-million dollar companies to be reaching out to, um, to influencers and asking for things for free. Um, especially for reaching out to black influencers who, you know, and it's kind of like understood, like, okay, like, it's not that I don't want to say the influencer is doing you a favor, but like, we know why you're reaching out, especially if you are a brand who's been called out for lack of diversity. Like, of course this is your diversity push. Um, but in general, you know, I'm like, I'm, I am super open to every invite and every email that I get, even if I say no, Mm -hmm. but my thing is just make it authentic. Like make sure that you, again, aren't just trying to check off a box and say you featured a black person. So that way you don't feel guilty anymore. Um, you know, just really like focus on overhauling, um, the way that you have sought out talent or, you know, sought out people to interview or people to work with. I think that that is really, you know, what'll make a difference. Yeah, no, that's so good. I even wrote it down. I think, did you say frantic desire? Is that what you said? Um, I, like honestly, <laughs> I honestly, dude, I feel like I am like always spewing word salad. So it was good, um, whatever it was. I think, <laughs> I think you thank said you. frantic desire to change. And I think that is the perfect way of saying it, um, especially for me or like other, you know, creators I've talked to. It's like, this happened, there was a switch, we got to do better 
how can we do better? We want to do, you know, we want to change permanently from here on out. And, and so I think that's really, that is really good insight, but I think it's also good to be self-aware and to understand what your intentions are. Cause we, you know, we talked about intentions earlier and if your intentions are to just get somebody in because you feel like you need to, then I don't right. do it at all. Cause for sure. Yeah. So I just have a couple more questions for you. And one of them is, um, I think the skinny confidential, who's one of my favorites, but she put it, um, the best on her podcast. She said that, you know, um, it's not, I kind of said this earlier, but it's not uh, black people's job to educate white people on racism. Mm -hmm. And so for you, I'm sure you've had a lot of people like me or other people reach out for, education. And so where would you say the line is between, hey, teach me about racism and hey, I'm just wondering if you can help me navigate some of these thoughts or if both aren't great and we should try to be doing all of this research on our own? Like, is there a line for you? Yeah, that I really like that question. I mean, I think that when people ask me about my experiences, um, I'm super open And even when people ask me, I mean, I had to kind of create the boundary, especially as my following was growing, um, to not respond to anything that could be answered with a simple Google search. Like that was just kind of what I realized. I just, you know, if someone's messaging me and saying, hey, can you explain this concept to me? Um, My thing is, I, I understand like wanting a black person's perspective on an issue that affects black people. But at the same time, if I, as someone with a full-time job, who's also, you know, managing a blog and seven months pregnant, um, but even <laughs> if I wasn't all of those things, it's just like, it, 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 it's not like I am paid to sit on Instagram or respond to emails. Um, so I try to be kind of just very much aware of my time and how I'm spending it. Um, you know, so I have gotten messages from people who have asked like very specific questions, um, you know, about their own lives. Like how, how would you navigate the situation? How would you want to see that navigated? And for me personally, like I am totally fine with that. Um, but you know, when people are asking me things that I know that they haven't done any research on, because if they had, they'd have the answer. I just kind of, you know, gently point them toward Google. Hey, like, (laughs) yeah, you can Google this. Um, you know, I mean, and I also think that even, um, something that's been really cool, um, is that, you know, I had a video on microaggressions and like how to do better. And there were people in the comments who were saying, okay, well, like, what about this? What about that? And other white people responded and gave their suggestions basically saying, Hey, I just researched this. And this is what I found. Um, so, I mean, I think that that is just something that, um, that made me realize like, Hey, like it really shouldn't be my job to exhaust myself, like re-explaining simple things over and over again. Um, so my thing is like, yeah, like don't be afraid to ask a black person a question, but at the same time, like use Google, like you would for anything else. Um, because when I'm approached with like a very basic question, like, and I can't even think of examples because I've gotten so many messages, but even like I got a DM um, and the girl was super nice and we had a good conversation, but she basically was like, why is it only black? Basically like, why can't I say all lives matter? Um, And I explained, but I also was kind of like, 
you could Google this. Um, <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of resources right, on like, this right now. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that is kind of the barrier for me personally. That if someone is reaching out, even like you mentioned, I did a video on racism in the church, and I had someone email me with like a very specific situation um, and basically just say like, what would you have done like if you were me in the situation, like what would be like the Christian thing to do? Um, and for stuff like that, I feel like I'm like way, I have a lot more patience because it's like, okay, like I totally get that you are just looking for all the help you can get in how to navigate like this very specific thing that's happening to you. Right. Um, so I mean, I think that that, that is definitely something to keep in mind. And I also feel like it's important to not try to like, I don't know. I, I've had some interesting moments where people have like tagged me in comment threads where like um, where there are people being racist and saying awful things and basically saying like, oh my gosh, Anna, look at this. And it's like, well, no, I actually don't want to look at that. Like, like <laughs> don't, don't loop me into random drama just so that, you know, I can tell this person off. Like, yeah, um, that's just like not a productive use of my time. So, I mean, um, I, I definitely agree with the quote that you mentioned from the podcast, like it's, it's not anyone's job to educate you. I think it's just a matter of also your approach. Um, you know, and I think if you're reaching out to someone and you do have a question, you know, you might say like, Hey, like I've done research. Um, but I still have a question. Um, I, I think it's just, I think that the most like off-putting messages to get have been from people who have basically said like, I need you to, I need your help explain this concept to me because it's like, it's just like such a level of entitlement to my time and my energy. Um, rather than someone who's saying, Hey, like, I know you're busy, but I'd love your input because I've done research and I'm still stuck on this. Um, right. so hopefully that there's a difference totally. there that hopefully, okay, great. I'm glad it makes sense. No, it does. And that, I mean, yeah, I, I made sense to me because I had, I had been wondering that as well. So uh, what do you have any kind of off the top of your head, any resources, maybe like movies or podcasts that are some of your favorite that would be good that I can like link in the show notes? Yeah. Um, I, so the funny thing is I feel like I, because I've like lived it, haven't read a ton of books about racism or, um, or listened to podcasts, but I know that, um, the book White Fragility, I'm pretty sure it's called, has been recommended a ton of times. And yeah, I have friends who've read it. Um, and then there's also a book um, that's called, I think it's called So You Want to Talk About Race. Um, okay. it, that is, that I've heard really good things about. But I mean, honestly, I've been telling people, you know, this is honestly like the best time to seek out resources because so many media outlets have devoted so much, like so much time to like, curating lists of like, hey, these are the best books, best podcasts, best movies um, for you to learn about anti-racism. Um, so, I mean, I've just honestly told people like, hey, find a reliable news source and just search like books to read about racism mm -hmm. um, because there are so many results and so many people looking for it right now. Um, but those two are books that like I have not personally read, um, but I've had recommended over and over again. Yeah, I've heard they're really good. I know a lot of people are reading them right now. So, uh, but no, that's that's really good advice. Um, and so, one one question I like to ask all of my guests is what their silver lining is, whether it's in their life or maybe just a current situation. So, something good that came 
from something bad or challenging, which I guess has kind of been most of this conversation, but right. does anything stick out to you? Yeah, no, I mean, I honestly think that for me, the, um, the silver lining of all of this has been, um, and I don't want to say the silver lining of George Floyd, because I'm not going to say that there is a, an upside, you know, to any right. of these people dying um, because it was senseless and it was brutal and it shouldn't have happened. But I think that for me, at least the, all of the discomfort and unrest in our country right now, um, the silver lining has been that people are finally waking up, you know, people who I've personally seen kind of like you mentioned family members or friends who you assumed would, you know, just not have the right opinions about this. Like, saying like, actually, I, I've been wrong. Um, you know, so I mean, I think that it is a time, you know, where a lot of people are heartbroken, because everyone feels so divided and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, listen, this has been happening. This has been an issue in our country for as long as our longer, even than our country has existed. Um, but now we're finally doing something about it. Uh, so you know, I think that the upside that I see to the fact that, you know, people feel like it's a really difficult time and there are a lot of emotions and so much is happening is that we're actually seeing real change come from this. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a personal silver lining, but just like for me, that's been something that's been really cool. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I saw this thing the other day that said something about, you know, how like 2020 has just been wild (laughs) and right. And then it's like, you know, this, what's going on, there's going to be, there's going to be a good outcome. Like you said, of, of course, not saying a silver lining about the deaths that have happened, but there, there is going to be something good that's coming from the virus that's coming from all of this. And, right. and it could just be people waking up, which I think it's really encouraging, like to see that happening. So yeah, Any, no, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Ayana. I had such a good time talking to you and having another kind of tough conversation and like navigating things. Um, but I know that that my audience is really going to find so much value in what you talked about. And I oh and gosh, thank you yay. so much for your, for your time and, and everything. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was of seriously course. such a pleasure. Of course. All right, Shakers, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's show and you learned a lot and you were educated and maybe your mind was open to some things that um, it hasn't been open to before. If you head down below to the show notes, you can go ahead and follow Ayana and she has been posting a lot of really great content, kind of like what we've been talking about today. Again, just a lot of educational resources and um, vulnerability and also just some really cute fashion content and soon-to-be mama content and all of that. So you can just again head below to the show notes and I linked it there um as always you can follow us um, at the salt and pepper podcast and you can follow us personally at olivia corinne and at lisa brasser ursu you can just swipe below and again our links are there if you haven't yet if you could subscribe rate and review it means so much to us and it literally takes less than a minute um and I would just love to see your thoughts on the show. So um, anyway, as always, it's always better when Salt and Pepper are together. And we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. 
follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.